When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. It'd be nice to see these two come together and uh, try to work something out here. Mackey and Judd. I mean, all we're getting is yelling from both, and it's the yelling and shouting doesn't accomplish anything. On 1500 ESPA. Mackey and Judd, by the way, breaking Vikings news that we're going to get to uh, more in depth later this hour. Eric Kendricks signs a sneaky little five-year contract extension, according to Adam Schefter. $50 million over five years, $25 million of which is guaranteed mm-hmm. to uh, the Vikings. Probably best tackling linebacker. Maybe best overall linebacker. But uh, that that's just one in a line of Daniil Hunter, Stefan Diggs, Anthony Barr, and then eventually Trey Wayne that they're going to have to figure out in or out for long-term contract extension. So we'll talk more about that. Uh, later on this hour. Also, we will get into our Mr. Fix-It segment here in about 15 minutes, sponsored by Roof to Deck. But Lindsay Whalen, well, a lot has happened in the last week <laughs> since you last joined. Okay, be honest. When when we asked you about coaching last Monday, were you sitting in Mark Coyle's office? Had the ink dried yet on that contract? Oh, man. Let's see. Last Monday, that was only a week ago, huh? I'm still <laughs> trying to process what all happened this last week, but I was Actually, I was at the gym working out, and then, um, yeah, honestly, I think that I had – we had spoke because it was then, I believe, official that Coach Stallings was leaving. So we had spoke on the phone once. And so when you said, hey, is co- you know, is coaching in your interest? <laughs> I was like, maybe someday. And I didn't know it would be like four days later. But, um, yeah, it kind of worked out like that. Pretty, uh, pretty fun week. How did this all start? Did they call you? Did, did you call them? How how did, did the ball get uh, rolling for this to take place, Lindsay? Uh, yeah, they just gave me a call, and then I we met the next day, and things kind of just progressed pretty quickly quickly after that, and and so it was had some great meetings, some great talks, kind of shared my vision, shared what I feel like has been successful for me as a player and as a point guard being around Cheryl Reeve, being around Gina Ariema, being around Mike Tebow, um, what I saw from just kind of what I saw from them is, is things that I think will work and I think will work here. And so I was a part of, of course, you guys know the team that we were able to go to a final four. And so I know it can be done here. It's just, it's just going to take a lot of work and, and some time and some, a lot of effort and really good, really good culture and, um, some some great uh, just collaboration with everybody, with everybody in the in the department and everybody on the team and everybody in the state to to make it happen. And um, you know, I think that just we have such support here from our fans that I, you know, the state of Minnesota has 
just when we when we won at the U, it was just an outpouring of support. And so uh, that support is invaluable. And so we know that uh, that we need to keep that going and, and get that back going, actually. Do you think, I mean, women's basketball is is absolutely on the rise, these lads, whether it's what you have done in the WNBA with the Lynx and the Sparks rivalry, all the talent. Look at the talent in the first 10 picks of this year's WNBA draft. So uh, I feel like there's just such an influx of talent. What will it take for the University of Minnesota to instead of having, you know, maybe one top player every every, you know, two, three, four years, but having a roster full of players more like you and McCarvel and Rachel Bannum to have volume of great players over time. I mean recruiting and and all those things, but is that possible, do you think? I think it's I think it's I think it's possible. I think that a lot of just hard work and just doing things the right way and just we have all the facilities and we have the best place to play in the country, but now it's just, it's just that everybody always talks about culture and that's, that's huge, but it's just doing things the right way. And just first and foremost, being good people, being good teammates, being good citizens in the community, doing those things, going the extra mile um, as far as um, just being, just being good to each other. I think that that's, that's what has really, I think I've learned the most out of all these years is that if you do that and you put the hard work in and you compete and you push each other and you, and you do your best on the court, when you have that balance, it, it can be really great. And so I think just having that, I think that is, is just an attractive place to be. People want to be around high energy people and people that are genuinely care about each other. And so I think that once you get kind of that set in stone and, and Hey, we're going to, there's going to be adversity. There's going to be things we're going to have to overcome and, how you handle losses is just as important as how you handle the wins. And so I think that once that is in place and once that's built, then then it just it can just is something that you can build on each year and each day and each workout. So that's kind of what I, I envision as as we move forward and and you're right, there's so much talent because now like you said, our rivalry with the Sparks, I mean it's one of the best rivalries ever in the WNBA probably. And so I think it's just because of all this talent and all these kids that have been watching the WNBA now for 22 years. So there's always been a WNBA for everybody who's on the team here at the U of M now. There's always been WNBA. There was never a world where there wasn't a WNBA. So they've had that to aspire to get to their whole lives. And so I think you, that's why you're seeing all this talent and all these players that that's a, it's a goal. It's a goal. I can play professional basketball. I can play in the WNBA. And I think that that's just something that we've seen trickle down into, into all sorts of different levels of basketball. And it's been really fun to see. How daunting is the, the, the prospect of both trying to play uh, for the, the links and coach? And did, did you ever, as this process unfolded, consider stepping away from playing entirely, Lindsay? Well, I'm calling Don Staley tonight. And so we have a phone call that I think she's going to be a really good person and to talk to how'd she, you know, how'd she, how'd you do it? How'd you do it your first year? And, and uh, those are questions that I'll ask her and we've been texting a lot. So uh, we're going to just talk and, and yeah, it's, it's definitely, it's a lot, but it's fun work. Honestly. I mean, the first day I was a little bit like, okay, you know, it's a little surreal, maybe a little overwhelming at first, but then the last couple of days, it's just, it's been fun. It's been really fun to try to, put this thing together and just to really uh, work hard and just be kind of just on my toes, learning something new every day. And so it's been really a fun challenge. And like I said, once I got over that kind of that first little, it was surreal and and kind of a little overwhelming. It's been really cool. And so 
Uh, I didn't, I didn't think about it because we only have, it's two weeks until training camp starts and we had a good workout this morning over at, at, um, over at Mayo Clinic Square. And I just, it was so fun to just be out on the court with my teammates and, and getting a workout in. And so, no, I didn't think about that because it was like, I couldn't leave them now. I can't leave them now on the, on the starting point guard. And so it's like, you know, first of all, what message is that going to send to my team here that, okay, I just, I'm going to leave my teammates if we've been working out all, all off season to just now I'm, I'm going to go do this. So I, it's going to be a challenge, but we're going to get a great staff in place and we're going to do our best to make sure things are going well. And it's a super fun summer to be here. Uh, we have the all-star game. We're the defending champions. It's just like, I, as much as I am so excited to coach and do that, I mean, I've had a really, really fun career. So I just want to enjoy, I haven't put a time on how many more years or anything like that, but I really just want to enjoy this year and make the most of it. And it's an exciting time to be a Lynx. And it's an exciting time to be a gopher. So I want to enjoy it as much as possible with my teammates. And, and I hope everybody in the community is, is ready to enjoy this, this coming time as well. Yeah. Lindsay Whalen is with us. So Dawn Staley, uh, that, that should be a really interesting conversation when you guys talk tonight. Yeah. She went 28 and four at Temple as the, as that was her fifth year at Temple and they kind of been building it went 28 and four in the Atlantic 10 conference undefeated in conference. And around that same time, like she was leading the WNBA in three point percentage around that same time, a couple of years later in Houston. So, um, like, I, I guess my question to you off that is, you, yeah. you're one of the more self assured people that I've been around in the last ten years or so, and that, and I mean that in every positive way. But are there things about this that even make you anxious that that maybe you're not confident about or you're unsure about? Well, first of all, so you're telling me that I have to lead the league in three-point percentage this year? You have to lead it in that, something, that, Lindsay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, that'll be good. Um, <laughs> I'm going to lead it in high fives. Okay. That's, that's fair. That. That's, that sounds good. I'll lead it in high fives, and we'll go from there. Do they do they track those analytics, hopefully, the uh, the high five yeah, analytics? I'm going to make it an analytic. I'm going to make it something that um, that Claire tracks this year uh, from the bench. <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah. Um, yeah, so she. What was your question again? I was thinking about three point percent, and she got me off track. It was a good line. It was. I. I. I are, there have to be things that that even you are anxious about, or that oh, yeah, yeah. that you're not confident in, or maybe if you're being honest, or a little bit worried that you might not do to perfection with with handling both of these at the same time. Yeah, I mean, I think already these first couple of days, I've I've had to really be learning on my feet and and being able to just adjust to a whole new role. It's been, like I said, a fun and exciting challenge. So. And we're going to have, we have already have a great staff here in place and, um, and we're going to get a really, um, you know, some, some really good coaches with a lot of experience at a lot of different levels in here. And then they're going to be able to really, um, you know, help on those things that maybe I haven't gone through before. And so, yeah, I haven't, I haven't myself put a team through a practice, but I've put, um, my links team through, through practice and I know what is expected. I know what Cheryl needs from us. So I kind of, um, out there on the court as as her you know player on the court to be able to get this stuff done. So uh, yeah, I don't know. There's been a lot of things that have just come up that you don't think that oh that's okay now that's one of my responsibilities and you just kind of roll with it. And like I said, the last couple of days have been you know challenging and fun. And so it makes me think that because I know there's going to be ups and downs and there's going to be challenges, but it makes me feel like I I was ready for this and I am ready for this challenge because. The things that have come up, I've been able to just, you know, handle and, and work through. And uh, like I said, I have a ton of support here already from the administration that's in place. And um, But, yeah, I think every day there's going to be something that is a challenge and something that I've 
probably never done before. And so you just got to go through. And as long as you have your core values and, you know, you're a good person and you think about the team first, then everything should everything should work itself out. The, the most daunting thing has to be the NC2A rules, right? I mean, <laughs> my God, the recruiting rules. You can you can buy a kid a, a sandwich on Thursday, but if you buy that sandwich on Friday, it's th- three years probation. I, I would imagine that that's got to be just because – you're going to have to sit down and read that damn thing, and half the stuff makes no sense. Yeah, we like I said, we have a great staff here in place. So that's the NCAA rules are are a huge part of it, and we have a great staff here in place that's working hard with me to get me up to speed very quickly. So trust me, I other than um, doing some other things that I've had to do this weekend, I've pretty much been working on that as well, any hour that I'm awake. So uh, it's definitely. It's a lot, but hey, it's 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 the rules, and um, you just have to know know them and do your best, and and get working on that. So, what is one thing that that throughout the course of your career you've always said to yourself? If I coach someday, I'm going to the, my first day on, on the job. I'm going to install this. What is what is a change that you that you're going to make that you felt could have been made when, when you were in college or pros that you've said, my first day, I'm doing this because it should have been done. Oh man. Um, let's see. I'd probably say more rebounding drills. Um, those were my, no, I'm just kidding. Um, those are actually one of my least favorite things to do. You good thing you had someone who could sort of sweep up all those rebounds when you played. That was nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, see now I get to be, now I get to be the coach that, you know, when you do a fast break, it starts off of a free throw. Now I get to be the coach that gets to go out there and shoot a free throw. So I get to practice my free throw as well as starting the fast break for the team. So two birds, that's one stone. The one thing is, I've always wanted to shoot that free throw. I've always been the point guard that has to get the outlet, and now I can just stand there and shoot. See? And then everybody else has. Now everybody else has to run. See, two birds, one stone. Perfect. It's very creative. Perfect. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> no, we'll do a lot of. Uh, um, I've learned from some of the best, so I've got a lot of ideas as far as like plays and sets and stuff like that, and um, and so yeah, we'll just. Uh, We'll get that in, and we'll get we'll get working on it as soon as possible. Hey, last thing for you here. I'm I, I'm, I'm assuming that I mean you and Cheryl Reeve have been attached at the hip for a number of years mm-hmm. now. But mm-hmm. like, have you guys already had all of these coaching conversations, or is this going to be a summer where you're going to be asking even more questions, and she's going to be mentoring you even more in that regard? I'll probably ask even more this year, and I will already. I've already today she we had a workout and she came out and um corrected a couple of things that we were doing and i'm already thinking of like okay how that's how am i going to do that how can i communicate that and so i'm already thinking of of ways that i can take what she's te- taught me and she's been teaching me her her whole career but now even more so this year but she would always drop a little hints the last couple of years when you coach do this when you coach don't do this when you coach you'll see once you're a coach and i was always like yeah maybe someday and and little did we know it was going to be now. And so she's been kind of preparing me, I think, all these years. And she's um, she's been great. So, yeah, this year is going to be amazing to have not only, like, Dawn to talk to her how she did it, but then to have Coach as a mentor that I'm literally going to see every day. So anything that comes up, hey, Coach, what do you think about this? And what do you think about that? And so I have someone right there who's done it all. So I'm super fortunate for, for her and our whole coaching staff and whole team over with the, with the links. For sure. Well, congratulations. Uh, good luck. We're obviously rooting for you, and I think I think the, the the excitement level is is through the roof here the last week. So, looking forward yeah. to it, Lindsay. Well, it should be a fun should be a fun summer, like I said. And then next year, well, we'll get the barn rocking and we'll get things going. And 
we'll be working hard. It's gonna it's gonna take some time, like anything, and uh, we'll be working hard though, definitely every day over here. Awesome, thank you. Right. Bye, Lindsay. Thanks, guys. Lindsay Whalen, new coach of the Gopher women's basketball team and uh, defending champion point guard. Links. I think it's gonna work. I think they're gonna be good. Yeah, that's it. Patience I mean, is going to be key because but... you just lost Carly Wagner, your best player to the WNBA, and you're taking on this job for the first time while also being a professional basketball player. So I don't know if instant results, I wouldn't put it past Lindsay, but instant results might be tough. But over time. She always wanted to be the one to shoot the free throw, so they do the the fast break yeah. off a free throw miss. If you're Lindsay, you just sit there and you just start cashing free throws over. Oh, sorry, guys. Sorry. I, it's just my stroke. I can't miss. You're sorry. Right. It's just my swing, bro. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Uh, Mr. Fix-It segment next. Plus, sometime this hour, we got to dive into the Eric Kendricks contract extension. Five years, $50 million, $25 million guaranteed as the Vikes start to lock up some of these, these uh, young players on the verge of their first big contracts. Mackie and Judd. We're ready. Are you? The Mackie and Judd Show rolls on. Ready, Max Control? Ready, switch on. This is 1500 ESPN. And this portion of Mackie and Judd is sponsored by Metafast. Mackie and Judd with our Mr. Fix-It segment every week. Roof to deck powering this segment. And I think on the original play sheet we said, oh, let's fix uh, the Wolves after game one. But I want, I want to scrap that and ask you about the Wild here, all right? Because okay. you are our Mr. Fix-It. Last week we had Chris Long in, and uh, Chris did a good job, but it's nice to have actual Mr. Fix-It, Judd well, Zolgad, back in the studio. It's good to be back, too. Yep. So the Wild, it's the same formula, seemingly, that we've seen year after year for this team in the playoffs, where you fall down early, on the road, you get outplayed, outshot, out pretty much everything in the first couple games, and then you come back, backs against the wall, desperation at home, usually in the form of some power play goals that look like you're scraping way too hard. Like they had a five-on-three at one point in that game last night, and they're just grinding to get anything on goal, and they eventually score. So, mm-hmm. um, and, But the, the, eventually, even though you, you come back from the dead briefly, you succumb in like five or six games, and that's the end of it, right? Mm-hmm. All right, Mr. Fix-It. How do you flip the script against this Jets team so that the formula is different, so that you win the series and so you, you move do what on. you did against Colorado for sure. four years ago now or five? Where Nino scored the game winner yeah, in game they four trailed. and the hockey whisperer was born. And yes. if you recall, that series, they were first two games were at Colorado, which won the division. The Wild lost both games, came mm-hmm. back here in one game three, lost four, won five. It, anyway. How do you fix the script? All right, all right. Very, very simple. And if you, if you, it's say, actually not that hard. I'm going to ban some phrases here. If you say things like toughness, compete level, and grit, no, nope. and unwillingness to play tough and go to the net, although that is something, no, but that's part that of it. is a strategy. That play, is strategy. All right, all right. This is very simple. I will give you that I think the Jets are more talented, and it's not, it's not by a ton. But like, if you were to ask me, pick the more talented team, which team would you take? I take the Jets, but that's not what cost. The Wild in Game Two, and keep in mind they went on the road and almost won Game One. What cost them in Game Two was for the final forty minutes of that game, last two periods they did not play well. But they came back last night and they played a style. There's there's no reason why I look at the way they played last night and I say unsustainable. Mm-hmm. Like I don't look at that performance and say, well, that was a great performance, but that's a one off. I look at that performance and say, yes, that's what you're capable of doing. And when you when you match the Jets physically. The Jets aren't a bunch of rocket scientists here. I think they're a pretty dumb team at times. And so if you match them physically, they get frustrated, and so they do dumb things. 
Dustin Bufflin is more than willing to do some stupid things. He's really good. I really like him. But if you hit him, he doesn't like that. He wants to hit you, and he, he wants you to fall to the ice and go away like a bug. But if you come back at him, and, and the most important thing here, because please hear me on this, I'm not saying fighting. This is not. I'm not advocating that this should turn into a street brawl because that doesn't work in 2018. But if you hit Dustin Bufflin and he gets frustrated, he's going to take penalties. There's a few guys on this team that will do that. So the Game 3 blueprint is absolutely perfect. And by the way, it works home and road too. The Wild, I get the fact that they come back here and play well, and I get the fact that both the Jets and and Wild are very good in their home ranks. But that being said, this is the playoffs. So if you replicate the game that you played last night on the road, which is possible, you're going to be in pretty good shape. It's going to be difficult, but if you're asking me, the the fix is this. The fix is take some of what you did in Game 1, which you lost, but you weren't terrible. Take what you did in Game 3 and combine those things, and you have a series that you can get to seven games, and I believe that, that you can win. The really important thing to keep in mind about this series is this one. A year ago, Jake Allen was phenomenal. Now, you didn't drive to the net and get rebounds as much as I thought you should have, but I think we can all agree he was lights out, right? I mean, his goaltending was fantastic. Mm -hmm. All right. Helen Buck, the... He did a good job standing in front of a small net, yes. The Jets... Okay, that's another thing. That's fine. I'm not... No, no. And we're not having that discussion. You can fight with people on Twitter about that all you want. I just did for 12 hours. It was amazing. Helen Buck... I'm I'm seriously not going to debate this with you. I'm not debating goaltending with you. I'm not debating it with... Let oh, the great fans save my Dubnik! The As the puck anyway, hits anyway, him in the chest. Anyway, let me fix this, and I'll be done. <laughs> let me fix this, and I'll be done. Helen Buck, uh, on Friday night, barely had to do a damn thing. Last night, when the Wild got pressure on him, he gave up rebounds. He did not look that great. This is his first playoff. If you get, if you get shots on him, I don't think he's going to give you what St. Louis got from Allen last year. So... If you play the style that you did last night and you get to the net and you get shots, you're going to get goals. You can win the series. On your first part of the blueprint, we touched on this briefly early in the show. Uh, I just find it kind of funny that you can characterize the Jets as this Elmer Fudd to Bugs Bunny team where if you're just like a little smarter than they are and trick them into doing dumb things, you can win the battle in the end. Like That you can just like dangle a carrot over here uh-huh. by this bear trap uh-huh. and uh, Dustin Bufflin's going to walk into it and then wind up in the penalty box. Yes. But it definitely worked a couple times last night. I don't know if that's going to, like, that seems like a cartoonish strategy to work every game in a seven game series. <laughs> and hockey hey, sometimes. Dustin, is, hey, come over here. It's my Your mom wears army boots. It's my, I'm going to get you. Like, that's the way that it's being portrayed. My sport. Oh, suckered you into a penalty. But let's admit it. Let, <laughs> Dave's let's admit smiling it. too. There are cartoon. I will admit this fully. There are cartoonish aspects to the sport. <laughs> Dustin Bufflin at the and I'm not joking you here at the end of the regular season got out of the penalty box and something happened and he ended up basically shoving a linesman. I mean, can you imagine going and just shoving a baseball umpire or referee in football? I don't I think he might have got a 10-minute misconduct and nothing else. My point being is there are cartoonish aspects to hockey that you can exploit. So exploit them. Sure. And, and it's just like a funny wild, blueprint. That... Yes, but if you're if you're the wild, this is not saying that you have to just instigate and be weak. But the Jets will get frustrated if you hit them back. They don't like it, and I'm not saying punch them back. I'm saying if you match their hits, if Felino and Coyle 
Over the stall. And Parisi. I mean, the, Parisi should be having, he, he's got three goals. He This is series is made for him. Well, he's been playing well in no, the series. No, right, though. but I mean, this is this is the type of series that's made for him because he's willing to stand out front, take abuse, get rebounds, and score goals. This series is, if you were to draw up the opponent, this series is a Zach Parisi series. Yeah. Let it be known that uh, even backup goalies save 90% of their shots. And the Blackhawks used an accountant on March 29th. It's not that hard of a position. No, 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 no. I'm not going down this. You you fight with (laughs) hockey fans on Twitter about goaltending. A pie chart of save praise. You know, go ahead. Pads and size of net are vastly, vastly larger than actual I will engage you in almost any conversation. This one I will not. Why not? Come on. (laughs) Because it's so ridiculous. I feel like you're backing down here. Well, I just don't have any interest in talking about the art of goaltending if the theory is it's not that hard to well, play. Well, I had okay, so for the record, I was I took issue with and I wasn't even watching I'm not even criticizing the Fox Sports North guys. You got me in people said, you I'm Dustin Bufflin. Hold on. People people were praising one of the Dubnik saves last night where it's like, okay, the action was to his to his left. He moved to his left, the puck was kind of flipped up. By his shoulder, and like uh-huh. by moving over logically, which you would if the action is going that way, then the puck hits his massive torso and shoulder pad or whatever. And like, oh my god, it's an amazing save! It's like, I mean, he definitely positioned himself properly so that the puck could hit him in the chest, and that that started a 10 hour argument with hockey fans. I saw you don't know, why don't you strap on the pads? I'm not saying that I would make that save, I'm just saying like I, you're giving too much credit. I know why Judd won't argue it because he knows it's right. I that's probably part of it. <laughs> But B, <laughs> Judd, by admission, was a terrible athlete. He didn't play baseball. No, he was great. But well, no. was a great the one thing you say hockey. you were great at not, not on skates. is something that Phil says no. isn't that no. hard. No, no, no. Well, it's not that you hard stand, relative to like other professionals. You stand professional. on a pair of blades and stop a puck, which I could not do to save my yeah. life. No, that's not easy. I was a good street hockey goaltender with boots on. So you did something that was extremely easy, and you're very proud of yourself being very good at something that's even easier than doing it on skates, which Phil says, yeah, it's I'm really saying just getting you do anything with standing. a pair of blades strapped to your feet and call it easy, I'm going to disagree with you. It, including just standing up for more than 10 seconds. Yeah, which both of us would fall down right now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Well, Judd is our Mr. Fix-It. Anyway, that's the blueprint to, to fixing the series and the Wild actually winning. Treat Dustin Bufflin like Elmer Fudd, and you're in. Make like, him mad. Like a wily Coyote. You rascal. Uh, we're going to talk about that Eric Kendricks contract extension and then what might be next with some of these other young players. Can they afford all of them, or is one going to have to go on to free agency? Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. It's heard by well over 100 people. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Contract extension. Now contract extension. Now contract extension. Now how much guaranteed. We haven't played this music in a while. I missed it. We've taken a good good break from this, probably since NFL free agency a month ago. Uh, contract extensions are starting for young Vikings players. We knew. So the biggest question was now that Kirk Cousins is under a massive $30 million a year contract. Can you afford this group of five? Eric Kendricks, Daniil Hunter, Stefan Diggs, Anthony Barr, and then Trey Waynes is up here in a couple years. Mm-hmm. Um, it's $50 million, five years, $25 million guaranteed for Eric Kendricks. He's the first off the board. I don't know if that means that he was the top priority. It might just mean that he, the, the Vikings and his agent were the closest in terms of you know what they, uh, what they could agree on. So of the other four, Trey Waynes, Daniil Hunter, Stefan Diggs, Anthony Barr. Yep. Two-part question. Do you think they can keep all four salary cap league? 
and how would you rank them in terms of priority? Um, absolutely not all four. If, if you consider the Cousins contract, I think it's uh, probably pie in the sky to think that they could keep all four. Uh, to answer your question about Kendricks, my guess is the Vikings have gone to all all of these guys and their agents and said, okay, here's what we're willing to do right now. And Kendrick said, absolutely. Yeah. And like Barr and Diggs are like, not so fast. Um, I think they keep on the list that we just went through. And, and I'm going to take Wayne's out because I think he comes up after the, the three key guys here, mm-hmm. um, which is Hunter, Barr, and Diggs. I'll give you the guy I think is going to walk. I think it's going to be Stefan Diggs. Look at what receivers are getting. Hmm. Look at and, and you're talking about a smart guy here who was a fifth round pick, and so he's basically been been playing for very cheap, uh, comparative to what he gives you for a while now. Look at what the kid in Tampa Bay got. Uh, Landry and Cleveland just signed a huge deal. Beckham's going to get a huge d- deal from somebody. I think Diggs. I think Diggs is going to w- would be the last guy on this list uh, to agree to a preemptive deal. In my mind, he's going to say, gentlemen, I might come back here, but I'm going to hit the market and somebody is going to pay him huge. I think he's gone. You know, here's, gosh, wide receiver contracts have just they blowed it up into these absurd yeah, things. They've gone nuts. There's, it's it's going to hit a bubble at some point, and it might just be that you have to say, I, I'm, this, is, this is where I also am wary of Stefan Diggs. I think he's incredibly valuable for this team. Because the Vikings don't have a Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers-like quarterback. I mean, Kirk Cousins is very good, but Kirk Cousins needs needs weapons. He needs to be propped up to some degree. And Stephon Diggs is one of the best weapons in the NFL. I mean, he's he's not Gronk like in terms of like his value as a weapon, but he's up there. Top wide receivers are getting paid almost like quarterbacks now. So there are I want to say eighteen-ish quarterbacks who make twenty million dollars a year. And then, like, Andy Dalton makes 17, and so you get into that that range. So there's a lot of starting quarterbacks who are, like, 18, 17, 18, $20 million. Antonio Brown makes, this is average annual value, $17 million. Mike Evans, 16 and a half. And he just signed that deal. Yep. DeAndre Hopkins, 16.2. Sammy Watkins just signed a deal, $16 million. Jarvis Landry just signed a deal, 15.9. Yep. A.J. Green, 15. So... Let's go, let's see, let me go 10 down here. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. There's 10 wide receivers, including Allen Robinson with the Bears, who Stefan Diggs is better than, who makes an average of $14 million a year. So, we're, again, we're we're approaching franchise quarterback-like money here for wide receivers, and I don't think anyone would argue that the more valuable position is quarterback. Now the cap keeps going up, too, so some of the, obviously these numbers are going to go up compared to five years ago, but are you willing... In that negotiation with Stefan Diggs, are you willing to get into that $14, $15, 16000000 million a year range? Which, by the way, Adam Thielen could state claim and to as gonna, well. And he's going to come to you very soon and say, let's start talking again with his production. The Packers right now are paying, so they got rid of Jordy Nelson, but they're still paying fourteen and a half million per year to Devonta Adams and $10 million to Randall Cobb, mm-hmm. who has a couple years left in his contract. Mm-hmm. Man, that is a, that's a steep price Here's to pay if, de- if defense is what you're sacrificing. Here's a point, too. Your head coach just saw you sign a quarterback to a huge deal. He's a defensive coach. Is he really going to say, you know what, let's let Barr walk and let's keep Diggs? And Waynes, we've cultivated I don't. Our- I don't see that. The second thing is, and this might not be fair, and I understand that Diggs is very, very good, but if you if you are Spielman and the Vikings— don't you also sit down and say, okay, if we lose player X, 
where is it going to potentially hurt us most? What's hard to find? Mm-hmm. I mean, we found Diggs as a fifth-round pick. If we lose Hunter, you, you lose a guy, that's a hard thing to find. Right, but Dig- I, I agree, but like... Diggs is if you redrafted Diggs would be one of the probably the agreed. top ten picks in that draft. Agreed, but there, but I think their confidence w- would be that that they could find a player like that again, right or wrong. Now, now here's where it gets dicey though, Anthony Barr, because this was a guy who when we started doing this show or around that time, his first couple of years, we thought this is a transformational mm-hmm. player. He can line up at end, he can line up at linebacker, he's fantastic. And then he had the one bad year, and then he came back last year, and I thought he was good. Yeah, I don't know that he was great. So that being said, I think the other key component to this conversation is what is Barr's perception of his worth? Because if Zimmer was going to look at things objectively, Barr's a guy to me that might put a huge value on himself, and I don't know that he justifies a huge value. Okay, let me re-ask the question this way, because this is this is really the question. There's four young guys on our list that are up for contract extensions here that like you're going to have to figure something out in the next several months. Trey Waynes, Daniil Hunter, Anthony Barr, and Stefan Diggs. You can only keep three. And if you jettison the fourth, it guarantees that you get to keep the other three. Let's just say hypothetically. Which three do you keep? So you you have to say goodbye to one, but saying goodbye to one guarantees that you get to keep the other three. That's the deal. Which one do you say you. goodbye to? I say goodbye to Anthony Barr. I don't think you can justify... Of the five players that started on this list, including Eric Kendricks, keeping the four defensive players and letting one of the most explosive offensive players in the league walk. In this Stephon is going to be a cop-out, Phil, so partially. I'm keeping Diggs, Hunter, and Waynes. This is going to be a cop-out partially, but it's all going to depend on me to what Barr and Diggs want. Diggs is going to get a huge contract. If Barr is is realistic and take and gets a good contract, if Barr tries to break the bank, he's the first one gone. Off my list. I mean, either way, like he's going to make a lot of money. But he's in his prime. He's, but Bar Bar is the guy that concerns me most, just because I thought two years ago I had a really good idea of who he was, and now I'm not positive. I mean, Diggs is fantastic. I just think that Zimmer, in his world, he clearly—it's not that he doesn't like Cousins, but it clearly pains him to pay an offensive player that much. So if you come to him now and say, okay, coach, here's the, here's the good news. We're keeping Stefan Diggs, yeah. and it's going to cost you uh, potentially Waynes and Barr or just Barr, I think there's going to be some pushback there. I mean, I, I just don't, like, Kirk Cousins isn't the type of quarterback, as you saw in Washington last year, when his weapons dropped off and his wide receivers weren't as good. You can't just put anyone around him. You're right. Like, Stefan Stephon Diggs you. is going to make Kirk Cousins so much better. I mean, he'd make any quarterback better. Uh, so I would... I mean, obviously, like what these guys want is going to matter here, but I would pay Stefan Diggs and and say goodbye to Anthony Barr if I could get the other two guys locked up. Well, and now you're you're also talking if you pay Diggs like that, Thielen is going to be justified in coming and saying I want the exact same contract or more, and now you have a lot of your cap tied up in two guys who both play the same spot. Mm-hmm. Interesting, but this is this is the first of. Several negotiations that are going to be taking place here for the Vikings. And give these guys credit. Nobody is as proactive as this team. They do a, for all of the things that we can criticize about them at times, the Vikings for years now have done a fantastic job. Basically, since the Mm -hmm. Wolves bought the team, they have done an outstanding job of retaining their good young talent. They have. Yeah, they don't they don't get these holdouts like, like other teams get. They don't have these awkward training camp moments really where... Oh, is this guy going to... It's always figured out 
where both sides are happy early in the process. They don't con- franchise tag guys. Their, their priority on second contracts is very high but really smart. Is it possible Stefan Diggs could be one of the first franchise tag players, that like the first franchise tag player we've seen in 10 years, in whatever, a year or two from really now? Like, yeah, yes. That rather than lock yeah, in long term, then you just go franchise. Say, All right, we'll pay you fifteen million, but I could see that. Yeah. Now you make him mad, then he holds out, and now you've got a problem that you've avoided for ten plus years. But um, Dave has a great story about. I was going to say, I'll just say poo when we come back. <laughs> He's going to tell us. Uh, also, the Twins have announced makeup dates for the uh, the three White Sox postponements. So we'll talk about that too. We'll fill you guys in. But uh, I got to tell you, Luther Brookdale Toyota, 694 Brooklyn Boulevard, tires saved my bacon. So I don't drive a four-wheel drive vehicle. In retrospect, maybe I should have had a RAV4 or a Tundra or something that can plow through this ridiculous uh, amount of April snow that we're getting. But uh, I was driving around for for a couple hours on Saturday in the dangerous blizzard-like conditions when you had all caps announcements telling people don't travel while I was traveling. And I was in a two-wheel drive Corolla, a 2016 Corolla, which I love, by the way. But it was the tires and it was the safety features that uh, gave us some peace of mind on the road. So even if you have a car that's not quite as bullish in this winter weather like you would with a Tundra or uh, or a RAV4, um, you can feel comfortable with the service department at Luther, 694 Brooklyn Boulevard, which, by the way, you buy any three tires, get the fourth one for just a dollar right now. And they'll also do a battery inspection. It's peace of mind is what I'm preaching to you on behalf of my family, which has gone there for 30 plus years. 694 on Brooklyn Boulevard, Luther Brookdale, Toyota. Matthew and Judd are back. Now, you can tell when they're ready by poking them with your finger. On 1500. ESPN. Save the date. The fourth annual Town Ball Classic returns to Target Field Saturday, May 26th, presented by 1500 ESPN. And the Minnesota Twins today kicks off at 10 a.m. with the Class C game, followed by Class B and Class A. All the games broadcast on 1500 ESPN. Tickets, 10 bucks, good for the entire day. If you want to go check it out and the proceeds from the event, benefit the Twins Community Fund. For more info and to purchase those tickets, head to 1500ESPN.com. Keyword events. Perhaps you'll get to see something at least similar to this. Swing and a ball hit into center field on the move. Is Tochi. He's there. He's got it. Bartolo Colon is perfect through seven innings. Man, so that was on ESPN last night, too. <laughs> he was dealing. Of course, the minute everyone tuned in for the eighth inning, it was like five-pitch walk, walk, line drive double. laser to right field. I don't that know. Was, that was the end of it. But I don't know. You know, I, I, I was a big fan of the Twins' new uh, brain trust until now, but when you're giving away Bartolo Colon, is Derek Falvey the guy for this job? Boy, 651, 646, Is Thad Levine the guy for this job? I mean, I'm just I'm throwing it out there. You know, pitching, I was looking for pitching. Yeah, and maybe maybe it's possible Bartolo played hardball with the contract negotiations. He wanted an extra two or three <laughs> buffet trips. I knew, so knew where you were going with <laughs> that. But the fact they did it against the Astros, too. I know. They've got a lineup, fellas. I don't know if you've heard. They can swing it. They can swing the sticks a little bit. They definitely can. Hey, real quick, uh, Twins did announce their makeup dates for these postponed White Sox games. Let's see here. Um, for the Friday, April 13th game, that's going to be a Tuesday, June 5th, 310 start time as part of a straight doubleheader. Straight doubleheader. Love huh? that. Yeah. That's traditional Royce straight up doubleheader. Second game will start approximately 30 minutes after the first game. Old school. There's a Dozier Byron Buxton t-shirt giveaway 
that day, that's it'll be the first ten thousand fans. So that's going to be moved to the uh, June fifth games as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jackie Robinson Day, originally planned for April fifteenth, will also be moved to Game One of the straight doubleheader. So they're still going to wear the Jackie Robinson jerseys yeah, just on June fifth. It'll All just right. be a kind of odd time in there. All right. And then, so if, uh, you can go to their website to find out, like, tickets and all that stuff. I'm not going to begin to explain that. But uh, let's see. April 14th, this game from Saturday, that has been rescheduled to Friday, September 28th. That's the last weekend of the season, I would assume. Yep. As part of a split doubleheader at 1.10 p.m. The second game will remain at 7.10. There's a Twins plaid flap cap giveaway. Could have used that this weekend, by the way. <laughs> That'll be first 10,000 fans, and that'll be the 110 game on September 28th. If the Twins do not do something to market Cigar Joe, they have dropped the ball. You have, Don't you have to do something? Cigar Joe bobblehead day. Yes. Or could you just, like they used to do the sideburn, Joe Mauer sideburn giveaway days. Could you just do like the full hat cigar and sort of the... Like the Puerto Rican shirt? You could do that. Just have a, you could just, everyone could have the Joe Mauer You, you got to do something with Cigar Joe. State Fair Cigar Joe uh, face on a stick. Everybody can get their I own like Cigar it. Joe face on a stick, That's bring it brilliant. to the ball game. Oh, I yes. love it. Yes. That's brilliant. You just hit it. Yep, thank yep. you. Puerto Rican Joe has never bounced into a 4.63. He just hits the ball 463 feet <laughs> in the air, pole side, every time. Uh, the April 15th game from yesterday, that's going to be on Monday, August 20th now. As a pre, that was a previously scheduled mutual off day between the White Sox and the Twins, and now they're going to play baseball. All right, there you go. So there it is. If you had tickets to any of these games, just go to twinsbaseball.com and figure it out. Good luck. <laughs> Have fun with that. Good luck. All right, Dave, let's talk about poo. Talk about my own personal health? <laughs> yeah. Is that what you mean? Dave came walking in this morning. Smelling a little bit funny. We didn't want to say anything. I don't think that's the case. Well, this was this was set up by what was it two weeks ago now that this problem first uh, surfaced? Shall we say? Uh, the the baby girl <laughs> pooping in the tub. Yeah, yeah. That two was weeks ago, probably the first time a couple weeks ago. Yeah, it was right after she turned fifteen months. So These are problems has... that Judd nor I have ever had to deal with. Like my cat sometimes will poop around the and my dog does too. And okay. I pick it up and that's it. I yeah. am a one hundred percent professional now at cleaning bathtubs. Y'all, we've got the cleanest tub in the world. Uh so we get home. We were out of town over the weekend. Drive back home yesterday through the uh, blizzard and the snow, and it was uh, more than fine actually. And it's kind of a long day with her sitting in the back. She was great, but she didn't poo all day. She's normally a couple, you know, once or twice a day. She's fairly regular. So we, you know, we're home all afternoon. Still nothing. We eat dinner. Sounds still a lot nothing. like Judd so far, actually. Yeah, exactly. So we get to about 6.30 in the evening, and the wife has got to do a bunch of stuff on the computer. So she's you know, sitting in the lower level of our house. I'm on the main level and you know, playing a little bit with the daughter. Then it becomes bath time. I so, said, well, you know, I, I know what's going to happen. It's, I'm prepared, so fine. We'll just go and take our bath, and I, I know you're going to lay one down on me, so whatever. And sure enough... There's a you know a couple stinky farts and you know I start pulling toys out of the tub because I know what's coming and then she leans yeah, anyway it happens so that's great I pull her out of the tub I'm prepared this is fine there's going to be no issues so you know we we clean her up we get her dressed and you know it's it's now time to say goodnight it's you know doing books and you know wind down for bed this for the record like this already sounds if let's say babysitter Judd or babysitter Phil were taking the place of the Harrigans for this like already this would be. Way more than I would ever well, want to have to take on. 
I bail by now. Fifteen <laughs> months ago, I would have bailed, I, but Judd you I'd be in my car. So Judd would have witnessed the scene in the tub, oh, and you would just left the baby in the tub. <laughs> Luckily, the scene was mostly formed at this time, which was good. Very good. Oh, no. So it's now quiet time. We're, we're reading books in her bedroom. The door's closed. The lights are dim. We're calming down. We're getting ready to put her down for sleep. And, and I, I hear our dog. He's a big boy, 75 pounds or so. He comes upstairs, and it's about his dinner time. So I figure well, he's probably getting restless and wants oh, a little no. food. And he's got this thing that he eats his dinner on not a real bowl but it's a little deal that he pushes around the floor and you know just spits the pebbles out the, the kibble out one by one oh, okay so he eats slow he doesn't throw up if he uh you know gets it too quick so this I, also sounds like judd I, this is amazing i hear what sounds like him grabbing this thing and dropping it on the floor like hey there's got to be some food in here let's go here people yep and i think nothing of it and then i hear somebody coming up the stairs and i hear my wife screaming the dog's name because she saw the dog in the tub oh. eating the poo. Oh. And then, of course, once oh. he hears somebody screaming his name, he jumps out of the tub and starts running through the no. entire house with poo on his feet. <laughs> How do you boys react to that? I move. Light the house on fire. <laughs> Ar- I Yes. I move. I, ar- ar- I go arson. <laughs> I don't often just mentally shut down. But at the point that I I took him outside and rolled him around in the snow, and then we went downstairs and just destroyed the other bathroom with a you know bath, and there's hair everywhere. At that point, when all that was done, I just sat on the couch and got a thousand mile stare. I said, I'm done with this. Today. Is very I simple. I can't do it. This is very simple. The kid and dog up for adoption today. They're both done. <laughs> oh yeah. God. You guys ever seen outright the- waivers? The- the the end of the movie The Poltergeist, where like yes, the house yes. just the yeah. house just like collapses yes. into yes. the ground. Of course, that's I'm hoping that that happens. Our carpet can't get clean enough. <laughs> Waivers.